Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. Otewa, O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is cutting back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy, O'Driscoll through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, stamped and scored! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent Dada's Rugby Podcast. I'm Will Slattery. Delighted to be joined, as always, via Zoom by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. Will, how are things? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. A tough weekend uh, for Ireland. You know, we, we covered it. Uh, we covered it well with Rudd last week, teeing it up and saying, "Would we be sitting here with the same feeling once again?" There may be even slight variations, but ultimately, I suppose another defeat to England, another kind of. 80 minutes of watching this England make tackle after tackle and Ireland not re- really going anywhere. I, I'm not sure how you're feeling about after it. Uh, I'm kind of left coming away thinking, it kind of reminds me of, of when, maybe in the early noughties, when Clive Woodward's England team were really, really good and Ireland used to go to Twickenham and, and just find it very difficult to, to, to match up with them. I Maybe I'm a bit too pessimistic now, but that's how I feel. I feel like there's a bit of a gulf now. Yeah, I don't know if there's a gulf, but I, I certainly think there's a few areas where I'd like to see maybe a little bit more growth. I think the game plan and, and maybe maybe how they're trying to break them down um, could could evolve a little bit better. I think what what ultimately has to happen when England are that good defensively is that anytime you kick the ball, you have to kick it really, really accurately as well. Uh, you have to be able to take pressure off yourself doing that. And they still, to my mind, probably haven't found a way to... I think break England down um, or even get go forward or hang on to the ball without going backwards. I feel like it's, you know, the, the amount of big tackles England can put on, the, on on Ireland because I feel like we're still a little bit predictable in how we're playing or how we set up kind of face play. Uh, so whether it's from nine or ten and also with their line speed, which we have to say is outstanding. Um, it's very hard to get that second uh, kind of pass away so that, you know, your 10 to whoever is the next playmaker seems to be under incredible pressure. So, um, you know, we have to say England looked like, you know, I think they were very unlucky. I thought they had their worst game in the World Cup final uh, in the final against South Africa. So we might still be playing against the best team in the world. Um, but, uh, look, it is look. it was worrying that there wasn't a huge amount of growth in, in what I saw as the game plan. I think the, the one thing that was positive is that there's, the age profile, it looks like they're transitioning through some some bodies who are definitely going to be, you know, hopefully peaking for the next World Cup. We, that's something that we have moaned about for quite a while, Will, is that we haven't really, imp- you know, got enough of these guys into the Irish setup early enough. And I think they've done that. So, um, or they have the starts of it at least anyway. So I, I think they'll get better. But um, yeah, look, I, unfortunately, it was the same kind of result and the same, it, t- it took the same kind of shape as, you know, the Saracens Munster, Saracens Leinster games. And the Ireland England games are the last couple of occasions. So 
Um, I hope we see something different in uh, in the new year. Yeah, well, I'd agree with you on England maybe possibly being the best team in the world at the moment. Certainly since South Africa haven't played since the World Cup final, they've hardly had a chance to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to kick on. But yeah, just if you're looking through that England team and if you're looking maybe to the Lions tour next year where they will go against South Africa, God, there'll probably be, you know, 10, 11 English players. Um, Easily. Judging yeah. by the form. But uh, we're delighted to be joined to break down Ireland versus England by London Irish flanker Sean O'Brien. Sean, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, lads. Good, for, good to be back on again. No, yeah, great to have you. I know it's been a busy few weeks uh, for your returning to action with London Irish in the Premiership over the weekend. You have your new book, Fuel Out, as well, available in all good bookshops. Um, uh, before we maybe get into some of that, you know, your career and some of the stuff you touched on in the book, first maybe your thoughts on last weekend, obviously, Ireland-England as well. I know you had your own match, but uh, in Twickenham, it was a big game as well. What did you make of Ireland's performance in the loss to England? Yeah, I thought it was, um, I thought it was a similar story again to the... The last few times we played them, to be honest, um, there were certain aspects uh, that we dealt with a little bit better, I think. Um, we didn't get, I suppose, as dominated in the air as we did in previous meetings. Uh, I thought Hugo Keenan actually was very steady all day. Um, I know he'd be disappointed with the, the try Johnny May got, but in general, I thought um, he had a really solid game. I thought our breakdown was very poor. Um, especially in attack and uh, you know I think knowing what the English boys are going to bring uh, and how to negate that I just um, thought uh, you know it wasn't where it needed to be um, and looking back on it I actually looked at it again last night it was it was a they were getting four three four second rooks England were um, you know and on, on the flip side of that we, we struggled to get the the flow into the game and and really attack the game line because they were getting good shots on good doubles on and um, slowing us up. But uh, you know it was I the one thing I did like about it was the boys kept battling and I know they're in a bit of a transition phase now for sure and it's a work in progress so it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next while. But England didn't run away with the game and Ireland definitely came out and performed a little bit better in the second half. Yeah, Luke. You know, what did you What did you make of it? Like Sean said, like there was some of, some aspects of it were, were quite similar, maybe to the other defeats in, in other areas. Maybe they were slightly better, but overall, like you know, England I think made three times as many tackles. Ireland had seventy percent possession and territory, and really struggled to break them down once again. Uh, yeah, look, I think they were. You know, again, I'd agree with Sean there, and that it looked very, very similar to the last couple of times that. Um, Ireland have played England, but also very similar to the way um, I suppose Leinster of those last two Leinster Saracens games. It looked really similar to both of those kind of games to me. It seems we're still haven't figured out, um, you know, how to kind of manage that defensive pressure that they put on us. Like I think they wouldn't really mind how many tackles they made because they look so comfortable for for large parts of the game. Um, I do think that there were some positives. I think that probably the the performance and the line out. Um, probably made it more difficult. Like there was a few good positions there that if we get the ball and we hang on down there, there's a chance we might get another penalty because you don't get too jazzy. And you know when you're kind of five, ten meters out from the line, anyway, you're kind of doing pick and goes, which is very difficult for them to, you know, really put massive pressure on you there or get the ball back from you unless they give away a penalty. So that probably skewed it a little bit further. Plus, obviously, they got that breakaway try, which is a brilliant piece of play from from Johnny May, but also terrible defense by us. Um. So there was a few things where you're kind of saying, well, look, if those things went differently, 
um, you know, it, it probably might, the complexion of the game might have been different. But I still think on balance, um, there didn't look to be a huge amount of thinking as to, you know, changing our tactics going forward and trying to get around that defensive pressure or, or find a way to negate that defensive pressure. I, I, and I don't have an answer to that, actually, by the way. I'm not, I, I don't think, like, the, the problem at the moment is, is that it doesn't look like they have an answer either, um, which is a little bit worrying. Um, but I would say that just as an overall and as on a high level, you know, Ireland definitely are in a transitional period. But the great thing is this is the point to be in a transition versus the last couple of times where you're saying, oh, are we at the top of a cycle uh, going into different World Cups? So um, I thought that was a positive. And there's lots of young guys in there who I think have, have big futures ahead of them. And there's a good age, age kind of complexion to the team now as well. So there, it wasn't all negative, but I, I would like to see some kind of growth in the in the attacking plan just to try and figure out how, like, how do we get around them? Because you can't keep chipping in all day. And that was the only two times we really broke them outside of the Keith Earls break in the first half. You can't do that all day. They'll, they'll be able to mop that up. Um, so they have to figure out something else. And I don't know what it is, to be honest with you, Will. Yeah, Sean, I know you've been involved in teams with Leinster and Ireland against this kind of current crop of England players. You know, what would you suggest in terms of breaking down that defence? It's so suffocating. They're, like, they're, they very rarely miss many tackles. Like, what, what are you thinking when you're looking at that kind of game unfold? Yeah, it is, it is a tough one. They have a great uh, defensive system. And obviously, the thing within that defensive system, you look at their back row, they've made, seven, they've made 76 tackles, no misses between the three of them. Um, I think that's the stat anyway, um, as far as I'm aware. But like that's phenomenal. Phenomenal. And you see these, um, you, you look at the other side of it then, and you see, uh, you know, where are the weak in that line? Like They're not weak uh, too many places. And, you know, we tried off nine, we tried off ten. I suppose the one thing that we didn't do a whole lot of was, was tips inside and outside and kind of move the point of attack a little bit. It was more so, OK, let's see, can we, you know, bash into these boys and, and get over the game line? And, um, you know, it's, it's just not going to work. So we have to we have to be a little bit more expansive than that, I think, and um, get our thinking hats on. And, and I, I presume that that's the way it'll go over the next while. Again, like with, with this new style that they're probably trying to implement at the minute, it's going to take a bit of time and people are going to have to be patient with it. But, you know, I think you look at England, you, you nearly have to reverse their game plan onto them and try and do it better than them. Um, especially, you look at their kick chase, for instance. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, and their kick and accuracy is phenomenal. And you, you you marry that with their defensive capabilities and it's um you know it's a tough day at the office if you're not on point in all those areas. And again, you know, you go back to um I kind of go back I always go back to, to Joe with with the breakdown stuff. Um, you know, I think we missed the trick with that at the weekend. I think it, it just it just wasn't wasn't where it needed to be, um and it wasn't it wasn't urgent enough and it wasn't um it wasn't physical enough. Um, when we did have opportunities, because you can't you can't let them s- survive in the breakdown. If you if you let their their double tacklers survive in the breakdown, they're they're jumping back to their feet. They still have thirteen in the front line, and two in their backfield. And um, so you know that that's an area definitely to look at. And everyone always says that the, the breakdown is the heartbeat of the game. And for me, looking at the game again last night, I think that's an area where Ireland will be really honing in on now going forward. And Shawnee, do you think that's the key to kind of getting them on the back foot is just to make sure you can kind of drag a few of those guys in who are making the tackles, but also get it a little bit quicker? Like, is that is, is that the key part of this to you? 
Uh, it's one of the keys, but I think, see, the, 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 the thing I've seen as well, any time we breached or made a few yards, they never committed to that breakdown. They, 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 they got us on the, on the next phase or the, or the phase after. So they're, they're, they've quite a good system and they're quite smart in the way they defend. Um, and they don't make silly decisions. They're not diving in on top of stuff. They're, they're very patient and wait for you and wait for you and wait for you. And then when the chance arises, they, go, they come and get you. And would, would you go what's a bit? Like, what, my view on this one is that I, I kind of, I know the apparently sound weird for an outside back, but like the, the, the early break kind of came from something around the breakdown off a bit of a, you know, a scrappy enough play, but there was a nice bit of play before it. And they were maybe a little bit, it was quick enough ball, as you say. But I yeah. feel like if you're trying to get a, a bit of momentum against these lads, you kind of nearly need to be attacking that place where you just came through. Do you know that kind of way? So like, yeah, I yeah, I I I agree with that as well. Sorry, I allowed the dog there, lads. Is <laughs> <laughs> that the door? <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, I I agree with that too. I think I think you just have to be. Uh, you have to have a kind of two plans going into a game like that. Um, and, you know, again, um, because we're in something new now and trying different things, it's, it's, it's hard to implement that with the, the amount of time that you have together. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I think, I think going forward, um, the one thing, though, that you can't do is, is lose physically. And, you know, they, they made more impacts than us yet again. And I think... Um, it was shown after the game, I think, just looking at the game against last night, it was shown the last three years how many more impacts they've made um, compared to us. And that's the physical thing. And, um, you know, something something that has to be looked at. Are we easy to read, Shawnee, to make those hits? Like um, probably are to, we probably are at the minute, the way it's, looking at the game, because it's, it's um, Again, as I said, probably the tip or, or tip inside or tip outside. It's it's not really a thing that they've they've probably developed or shown much of um, so far. Um, but I presume that's where they'll, they'll they'll start getting to that comfortable place. Um, so you know, if you've if you've uh, if you've a big wall in front of you and they're coming for you, and and we're sitting deeper and deeper every time, um, you know, it's easy to pick you off. And when you watch. You know this England team play over the last couple of years. They seem to be moving away from Ireland. Like they they made the World Cup final. Ireland only reached the quarter final. You know, as you mentioned, their back row probably three of the foreign players in the world in those positions. Their front row the same. Maro Atoje, possible Lions captain on fire, one of the best tens in the world. Have they moved just a level ahead of Ireland now? Is there a gulf, and is that what we're seeing in these games versus just one-off bad performances? Is there, no, is there now a bit of a gap? No, there, there, there definitely is a gap, which I have to remember England have built this over the last uh, five, six years. Uh, Ireland, as like Lukey has just said there, has uh, you, you, you look at all the new caps, first of all, that have only got capped recently, and you look at the amount of caps that the lads who are actually playing have. Obviously, we have experience, but we have a lot of lads with under 10 caps. Um, and England have a lot of lads who have played 30-plus caps together and a lot of combinations. And they they know how each other works inside out, and they have their game plan down to a T. So all those things it it takes a lot of time to get to a place where they're that comfortable. So are they ahead? Um, are they ahead in certain areas at the minute? Absolutely, and 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 they should be. Um, but um, you know, with the with the players we have, I'd back the lads to to bridge that gap when they get a bit more time together. 
Yeah, Lucas Starks was on Farrell after the game was reasonably positive and he mentioned that it was such a big learning experience that not every learning experience is a positive one in the sense of like, you know, getting from a victory or, or getting a great performance. Sometimes it can be those tough days that, that can really stand to you. I, I presume that was, was what he was referring to. Do you think that could help them in that regard or is another defeat against England and a, and a tough one setting the team back? Yeah, look, I think there's definitely, look, there were some positives. I think we've, we've touched on that. Um, I suppose the, the worrying thing for me is probably, this is going to sound like, because uh, I look I have a huge amount of respect for the guy and he's only just started, but the worrying thing for me is actually probably from a coaching aspect is that I just didn't see, I couldn't see something different. I just didn't, and maybe, maybe Sean, he's right. Maybe you don't try something different. Maybe you, you know, maybe there's a few bits you could do differently, but maybe you just try and out England, England in a sense. And maybe that's what they're trying to do. But I'd be a little bit worried that we just, they, it just looked really, it looked the same as, as I said, the two Leinsters and the last couple of times Ireland played in England. And that was just a little bit worrying. I just thought, where's the pivot to something different? Like, I, I was even proposing something as negative as, well, as soon as, if, if you see them set, unless you're kicking it, just pick and go. Because you just, I just, like, I just think the pressure seemed that you seem to go backwards. You don't have to take a risk going backwards in two phases and still get quick ball to get around them and to get, to make pr- progress on the third one, which I think is a huge risk. Um, I just don't know anything different. I can't see another way of getting around them at the moment. Um, so, look, there, that's probably the worrying aspect for me is that I haven't seen a huge amount of growth there. But certainly there are positives. And I think, like, there are, there are you know, we've moaned about Ireland not introducing these guys early enough, like young people who are going to be ready for the next World Cup early enough in the World Cup cycle. These guys have now had a chance to do that. And they're going to get, it looks like they're going to keep getting chances. Or at least I hope they keep giving them chances because, I see huge potential, and I do think the coaching ticket has huge potential. I'm not sure, like, New Zealand got absolutely hosed by these guys in the semi-final as well. So let, let's not forget that uh, as well. You know, and I think they actually had their worst game of the tournament in the final against South Africa. So they might be the best team in the world, um, you know. So let's not be too hard on ourselves. But at the same time, uh, you, the worrying part is, you know, have we got growth? Is, there, is the thinking right in terms of breaking them down? Um, and that might be easier said than done, but I, I just haven't seen anything yet. At the moment, there will to to really, um, I suppose, embed a feeling in me that we're moving in the right direction from a from a thinking standpoint. But from the p- player standpoint, definitely, yeah. Yeah, Sean, it's an interesting one on the coaches. I guess it is Andy Farrell's first time as a head coach. Like there is a lot of pressure on him. He's coming into a setup in Ireland where we do have very high standards and we, and we and like we do demand, I suppose, success. You know, what, what do you make in terms of what Luke's say, saying there about he hasn't really seen much in terms of, of maybe innovation or, or trying anything new? I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into it yet. You know, it's very, very early days. Um, and, you know, with the amount of new players he's brought in and, um, you know, probably different things he's tried to introduce, it's it's going to take time, like, and you're going to have to be patient. And as Luke, he said there, the one great thing about this is that the younger guys are getting exposure now. And they'll be ready when, in two years' time when the World Cup comes around, not introducing someone five, six months out. Um, so you know, Fazil, Fazil, will get it right. I've, I've every confidence that way. And with the group he has and the younger guys coming through, um, you know, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're going the right direction. I thought, I thought there's a few outstanding performances from you. I thought Galen Dart was brilliant this weekend again. I think. Um, I think he's I think he's our number eight going forward. Um and then, you know, there's so much uh, competition in the rest of the back row. I'm not sure who's who's gonna go where, but 
he's the one fella I thought at the weekend uh, showed glimpses glimpses of actually getting hit, rolling off it, getting a yard here and there. Um, you know, and that's what we need. That's what you need against England. Um, and uh, James Ryan, very physical again. I thought Quinn Rue hit Ruxwell. Um, you know, so there was, there's, there's, there is, there is positives to take over. There's a loss at the end of the day, but um, as Lukey said, there, you, you, you probably are going up against one of the top, well, top, their, their first or second in the world at the minute, really. Mm. And Luke, what did you make of Ross Burns' performance? You know, we kind of talked last week how his second start once again against England in Twickenham, it doesn't get any harder. Uh, a very, you know, tough. You know, place to go go into and play well. He got a lot of ball. He was very deep. He was kind of shoveling it on a, a good bit. Like, what, what did you make? Could he have done anything differently? Do you think in terms of his performance? No, look, the one I I don't think so. Well, I thought they were under massive pressure. Like, I mean, like that, that kind of England that England performance was similar to the one the Aviva we saw a couple of years back. And you know how highly I think of Johnny Sexton, but they made him look very average that day in the Aviva. Like, I just I think Johnny's you know. He's definitely he's in that conversation for the best ten in the world. Whether it's Barrett, I know Barrett plays fifteen now most of the time, but Barrett, uh, Farrell, and I think I still think uh, Johnny's in that conversation. Um, and, and like I just think that pressure. It's like as a playmaker, as a nine and ten, like every single decision you make is under massive pressure. Yes, the tendency is to go deeper, but if you can't if the, if the pressure's so big on the next ball carrier, well, you can't you can't take it flat. You can't do it because he's going to get hit man and ball every time. So you do have to drop deeper. Um, you know, I thought he was. I I did think one thing. I thought that we we I mentioned last week about the kicking. He had a few loose ones. When you're under that much pressure, your kicking game as an international ten has to be unbelievable because it's on you to take pressure off the guys outside. Even if it's just making sure the high balls are in the right area where you can compete. There was a few. There was a cross field kick. Now I know actually Brian O'Driscoll had a brilliant thing on his Twitter feed showing. Um, you know, the amount of guys that were overcommitting to a rook. It was a crossfield kick at the start of... It was in the first half, I think it was. And Peter Rooker, yeah. Yeah, like, were, that, was a, that was a loose one. But, like, he need to rec- that one needed to go high enough in the air where his winger could really compete. It could have been a mess. We might have got a scrum. It's just a few moments like that where I thought, that's the bit... Now, he probably needs more game time. I will say that. But they're the bits that I think a, a top-class international 10 probably gets right, even if he's under pressure. Um and that's probably the growth bit for Ross. Um, but look, I think he's got a great head and a shoulder for the big games. And I'd love to see him get a few more opportunities against a team when the pack, you know, is probably, you know, maybe on top a little bit more. He gets to express himself a little bit. We get to see a bit more of his character. Um, and can he produce at the top level with a little bit of go forward ball? Because he didn't get any on the weekend. And I hear, you know, you're going to have people who are calling out for, you know, for him not to play again um, in the short term because Billy Burns had a lovely chip when he came on. But Ross did do some lovely stuff. That little grubber through was a fantastic bit of play as well. Uh, probably should have dotted that down, if we're being honest. Um, so, look, I, I thought there was enough for, for me to say he needs another few games in there before I'd be saying, oh, he's not he's not capable of playing at this level, Will, you know? Yeah, Sean, what, what did you make of it? It's obviously been a big topic is the succession plan for Johnny Sexton. You know, he, yeah. he's 35 years of age. Uh, it was a it was a very tough ask for Ross Byrne to go in there against England and deliver a performance where people would be like, "Wow, he's the next man." But what did you make of it? Um, yeah, no, I do, I do agree with Lukey there on on most of his points. I think um, I think I, do, I definitely think the the way the breakdown was didn't help Ross because he had to sit in the pocket. He had to sit in the pocket. He had to kick the ball. You know, um, you know, he talked about that clip that Drico put up. Uh, we commit five. 
five to a breakdown. So if we're if we're efficient with our breakdown first and foremost, and um, you know we have we have people on their feet and attacking, he has options. And the other thing is, if we're getting momentum in the breakdown in terms of actually blasting it, they can't they can't come off the line as quickly. Um, so you know when it, when it's five when there's five people committed to a breakdown and it's five six seven second early breakdown in attack, you're you're not going to have much options as a ten to do anything really. Only kick the ball back to them. So you know that that element of our game is so so big. I think. And so so important um, for everything to flow right, but especially for him to have options, because if we're committing that to the to the breakdown, we've only ten people elsewhere uh, to fill the whole field. So it's um, it's a major one for me. It's it really is the biggest area of the game. And um, and one Sean, more. what do you put that kind of breakdown work down to? Like obviously, it was a big thing when Joe Schmidt was in charge. Is his absence? Does that do players suddenly maybe like take out their eye off the ball in terms of that breakdown work? Do they kind of forget without his day to day coaching of it? Do they do they kind of fall out of the habit of clearing it out with that kind of efficiency? What what would you put that down to? Uh, it's it's hard to put your finger on it, but maybe maybe there's not as as much of an emphasis that was on it in 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 that time. But I presume the lads are still driving that um, element of it. I just think, I, I think, um, looking back on the game, there was probably a little bit of we're, we're looking at what's happening at the breakdown rather than just hitting, hitting anything that was there. And, um, you know, and, and I suppose you have to do it in, in the most disciplined fashion. But, you know, sometimes it's not going to be tidy. Sometimes it's not going to be the perfect picture. But if you're going in with intent in that last meter and you're, and you're 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 taking a body to the ground, and removing those threats or removing those double tackles. Um, you know, even if you win six inches, you know it's 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 a gain for you. So it's it's something we have to get back to and get a bit nastier, I think, at um, and a bit more ruthless. Mm. Yeah, one thing I'd like to get, maybe we'll start with you, Luke, uh, your opinion on is, I don't know if you saw Chris Ashton's comments today on, uh, on his podcast, on the BBC podcast, talking with James Lowe. He just kind of a, an extraordinary attack where he's saying he was too big, too heavy, too slow, saying he was dragging a, did he say a dresser behind him when he was uh, running with the ball? No, he's a serious, look, that guy's a class player. I, th- I thought he didn't have a great game in the weekend. I thought he kicked the ball too much. Um, and that can happen. You just get nervous. It might have been part of the game plan to put pressure on England, but... Look, his strongest suit is always going to be his carrying. He's a brilliant carrier. No matter what level of the game he's playing at, he is and has been a brilliant player and a brilliant winger for the last, you know, for however long he's been up at Leinster. It's got to be three years at least because he just qualified. So, um, yeah, I think Chris Chris Ashton would have a really long day against him. Um, I think he'd make mince meat of, of that guy, actually, um, in, in a one-on-one duel. So I'd be back in James Lowe. Um, look, I've, I've moaned enough about the, the kind of uh, residency rule, but he's in. And there's no doubt, like in my mind, that and one of my biggest complaints is that he's head and shoulders above what, what we have there at the moment. The key to my mind is a definite starter, I think, in the Irish back three. So, no, look, full, full, like he, he's only, it's only his second, it's only his second game at international level. He's still learning the game a little bit. And I think that's a brilliant England team, but he's a class act, James Lowe. And um, I think he'd be a big part of the team going forward. I just think he needs to, he, like, Sometimes the game isn't that hard. Like, figure out what you're really great at. Yes, he does have a good kicking game, but he's a savage carrier. He's a guy who I'd love to have seen pop up a bit more around the pitch and give the guys in the pack a bit of a dig out 
um, because he has that kind of power and he has the footwork. Who could call, you know he he could cause someone in one of those tight exchanges in the England team to miss a tackle, and all of a sudden we have that go forward that Shoney's talking about. Then we we have easy targets at the breakdown. Um, so that's what he would like to see more, James Lowe. But um, I thought Chris Ashton was talking through his hole. <laughs> yeah, Sean. <laughs> yeah, well, look, um, I won't comment on on Chris Ash- Ashton. Um, you know, with with with, um, with what he said, but like Lowe is Lowe is a class player. Um, he's been so consistent for Leinster in the past few years, and. Um, as Lukey said, his strengths are his carrying ability and and the way he's able to play the game. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy chasing him down. To be honest with you, when he goes, he's he, he's moving quicker than he looks. I can assure you that. Um, but like, yeah, again, like he's second cap in. Um, I know he had a few. There was a few kicks that were kind of half blocked and stuff like that, but. Um, most of them are inside, like our twenty-two. I think are inside, definitely inside our ten-meter line, and that probably was a tactic to 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 find grass at that stage. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's probably a throwaway comment from Chris, and uh, I back, back, I back, <laughs> Laurie as well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, maybe just to, to move on to, to your own situation. Obviously, you were in action for London Irish over the weekend. I suppose it must have been a bit a bit strange, you know, playing for, playing a match on the same day when Ireland are playing. You would have been a fixture in the team for, for so long. Like, how is it? Have you got Have you gotten over that now that you've moved on with the next chapter? You know, is, is it still tough for you watching the Ireland games when you're not involved? No, to be honest, with you, I, I never thought of the Ireland game um, that day. Our kickoff was at um, three o'clock, um, so it didn't actually come into my head at all that day. Um, and I looked at it. Uh, I looked at it that night after I came back, because you know I don't really sleep well after games. So um, it was, uh, yeah, it's something that's 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 in the past now. And um, you know, on my own my own level, I suppose I was just delighted to get a full eighty under my belt. Um, it's been a long, long time since I've had a full eighty, and um, you know, I was delighted to I came over. So um, yeah, really looking forward to this weekend. Now again, we've we've Leicester at home now, and in our new stadium in Brentford. Um, so the first run out there and, um, you know, hopefully we can improve on what we did last week. We, we made a few stupid mistakes last week and, um, you know, that cost us, but uh, we're, we're improving and we're getting better and um, excited about what lies ahead. And what's the setup like, Shawnee? I mean, they're obviously, they've been, you know, London Irish is one of the great clubs really in the UK. Um, I mean, and they've been ambitious for you know for a very long time. Obviously, gone through a rough enough period, but mm. they put a lot of money back into it. Like, what's your set? What's your what's your what's your sense of things there? I mean, extra seems to be the, are obviously going to be the ones to chase for the next couple of years. Um, do you think you'd be able to bridge the gap? Is there an, enough kind of within the team to be challenging for top four? Uh, yeah, yeah. Get, there's 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 definitely enough to be to be getting kind of top six anyway, uh, and then and then seeing where we are, but. Um, again, it's going to take a bit of time. Uh, a lot of new players in, obviously. Um, we haven't had that. Um, we haven't had everyone, I suppose, that we've signed and stuff on the field all the one time at the minute. And hopefully that will happen in the coming weeks. But it's exciting about the direction we're going. And um, like we're talking cheese of where we were at, kind of at the end of last season, um, even training and, and the way we're going about things. So... We've we've definitely improved, and there's a lot more to go, obviously. But um, it's going the right direction, and there is a good buzz within the within the group about what we can do. And um, 
you know that's why we want to want to get get to our new home now this weekend and, and put in a good shift yeah is it what's it like working with Declan Kidney and let's kiss again like it's kind of funny the way they've reunited uh, the old Ireland coaching ticket like how have you found working with them on a club uh, level rather than international level yeah it's been it's been good it's been good um We've had some uh, we've had some uh, good conversations, um, and uh, you know, Decky knows me long enough now that I'd be I'd come to him straight with something and and tell him as it is, and um, he did the same with me, and he'd hum and he'd haw, and he'd, he'd have his <laughs> way of trying to get get around me and get the message out, um, which is quite funny. He's still the same. He's still the same fella he was, um, you know, back back then and uh, at the start for me and. Um, I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the the way the coaches are going about things and I suppose um, you know we're we're kind of um, we're kind of always chatting and and seeing how we can get better and how we can drive the whole setup so it's there's a good there's a good line of communication there too but the uh, the boys haven't changed much and that makes it all the fun. Decky's going around eating snacks the whole time. He's still <laughs> still, still, still as big as the house. I'm not going to be judging him on that front. <laughs> Uh, very good. Here, how's how's Kissy getting on? I mean, he was always to my mind like an unbelievable coach. Uh, came in, you know, very difficult period in in, in Ulster. Lots of off-field mm. stuff that he couldn't control, which was just you know made it even more difficult for him. But I mean, he's one of the great characters and one of the great thinkers in the game. Is he having those deep conversations with him about all things rugby? And yeah, know, no, 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 that's, def- that's definitely still there. Um, you know, and. Um, I suppose he wants he wants some of us to to keep challenging him as well on on, on different aspects of the game and and what we think is um, you know appropriate for different different games. Um, but he's uh, yeah he's been brilliant really. He's he's really really um, invested in the club and um, brought a lot of energy to the place. As you know, Luke, he's, he's you know he's he's he was a very 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 good defensive coach. Um, you know, with us, and and now he's gone into, he's expanded into a head coach role. So he's um, he's evolved, and um, you know, he's so enthusiastic still, and brings great energy to the place. So it's it's been brilliant, really. Yeah, you mentioned a few minutes ago that you were allowed to get kind of eighty minutes under your belt because obviously you had the injury problems towards the end of your time with Leinster and in Ireland. And I know you touched on it in the book as well, toward like about how tough that was. Like, could you give us a bit of an insight into you know how bad it got injury wise towards the end? Like, how were you close to maybe calling it a day? Like, what what was the pain like? You know, and how did you kind of deal yeah. with all that? Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty horrendous, to be fair. Um, I suppose I didn't. I didn't let it show most days, or well, some days I had to let it show because it was that bad um, in training. But I tried to kind of come in and. Um, I suppose brave the elements at the time and try and get try and get through the season. The, the, the getting to the World Cup was the big one for me. So that was that was kind of the long term goal when when my hip was giving me butter. But yeah, it was pretty it was pretty bad. I wasn't sleeping at night time. I was constantly in pain. Um, I was in bad form with people. Um, yeah, it, it affected it affected me big time. Definitely, my mental state wasn't in a good way. Worse worse than I am normally. <laughs> so um no it was it was um it was a pretty tough time to be fair but um you know i'm glad i'm glad of uh the way i've come over now and um you know i'm glad the way the operation went and the decisions i've made and um you know i'm back i'm back happy now and um you know getting on with getting on with my uh career yeah we're gonna come in go on fire right there 
I know I was just say, you know, and you say it was tough, tough mentally to deal with as well. Like, you know, was there anyone that you had to you, that you used to turn to or or to, or to talk through those issues? Because I just, I just remember a couple of times where you would maybe come back and then maybe break down during a game. There was one, I think, during a Leinster game, maybe during the Six Nations, where you were trying to make a comeback. And I remember just as was the camera caught you coming off and just the disappointment and the the kind of yeah. you could you could it was kind of written on your face, like so it was obviously weighing on you. Yeah, it was, yeah, and I suppose, you know, I had um I had great people around me at the time as well. Um, you know, all my friends, family, um, you know, there was I had I had a lot of support and um you know, I suppose they 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 know you better than anyone else, you know, a lot of people don't know you inside out and, and they do and um it's uh they know when you're really in a bad place and and I suppose what to say to you and trying to put a positive spin on things but also being very realistic and um I knew that too myself you know you you, you mentioned there was there times I thought uh, I'll just stop like and I there was because I was like I can't go through this for another week um you know and that's when when that point came that week of that Munster game that I broke down on the field um I kind of knew I said right this is this is what's going to happen now I'm going to go and see the surgeon and see what can be done because I'm not going through I'm not going through another week of this um, you know, when you're 31 years of age and you're um, sobbing, walking off train, and there's something has to give, and um, that's why I made the decision when I did. And surely, just I suppose to touch again on some of the stuff in the book, um, you know, I can obviously empathise with a bit of the, the injury stuff. It's uh, it's a, it's definitely a tough part of, of being a professional athlete that lots of people don't see. Was it tough for you? You know, could you open up a little bit as well about? Um, you know, I suppose family and kind of growing up and, and, and different things like that. Was that tough to open up about that stuff given, I don't know, in a rugby change room, you just never talk about it because you're yeah. alive. But like, do you know what mm. I mean? Was that really tough to talk about in the book or was that actually a bit of a relief getting it off the show, off the kind of shoulders? It was, it was tough. It was tough um, to, to, to I suppose, show it to my family for the first time in, in, in my words and um, the way I thought about it. Uh, at that stage of my life, and after after that, it was a relief. It was a relief, and it was it was nearly like you know that I talk about. I've said it before that the book was nearly like a counselling session to me as well, in terms of getting a lot of stuff off my um, off my mind and and the way things happened and a few bits and pieces. So, but that element of it was um, that element of it was I. I I wouldn't want anyone to go through that was um, at that stage of their life, and as I say in the book, that's why I put it in. And the amount, the amount of parents and uh, people who are my age now, even that have messaged me privately and said, um, you know, thanked me for putting it in the book, and have gone and seeked help, and just now, like it's it's unbelievable um, how many people are in a similar situation, and and that's that's why I put it in there, and. I'm glad it's, it, it it has helped and is helping a few people now um, maybe get that off their chest because I carried that with me for a long time and I shouldn't have had. And you, you're writing the book about your decision to go to see someone, uh, a psychologist, to kind of talk about the, the, these issues. How tough was that? Because as Luke says, you know, rugby changing rooms are quite macho places. People probably mm-hmm. don't talk about their feelings or or admit that they need help in, in that regard. Was that a, t- a tough decision to make? You know, how did you, how did you, how did you eventually kind of reconcile that? Yeah, well, it was a pretty tough decision to make, and I was, um, I kind of like prob- prob- problem solving myself, and and kind of figuring out um, things that mightn't be going that well for me, or 
and getting on top of them myself and just this thing I could not I couldn't figure out what what it was like um and it was bugging and it was there the whole time so you know when I went in there and sat down it was like it was like opening up um you know uh it was like opening up a big a big can of coke um in terms of like I was just like Jesus this is um this is brilliant and uh I just spilled it all out to him and um you know, he gave me a few bits and pieces to work on and um, told me to get to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem was exactly the way it is in the book there, um, with the trust element. And, um, you know, the, I was holding on to a lot of stuff for a long, long, long period of time. So I needed to, I needed to air all that. And, um, you know, thankfully I did go and see him um, because I still could be carrying that to this day. And Sean, can I ask you just one thing? Because I don't want to, like, there's so many good things as well in the book. So I'm probably <laughs> going to shift it a bit back over to that. Uh, no, but thanks for sharing that stuff, seriously. Because I think, as you say, it will impact lots of other people. Like, I was, you know, I just feel so lucky in my own stuff, you know, that, that I didn't have to go through it and, uh, as tough as that growing up. But, you know, in terms of, like, moving on, and we've, you know, had an amazing career, it's still going on, and still very much in the thick of it. Mm. You know, I always remember you're such a leader and even listening today today talking about rugby watching the match back a second time like is is that the next step for you is that like when when, when rugby's over do you think you'll do it because you always coached the you coach Tullow on a couple of occasions you coach yeah. coach a couple of clubs do you think that's the next route for you yeah I I I, I get a lot out of it I, I I really enjoy it and I enjoy the coaching factor I enjoy the kind of even the mentoring factor the younger guys here at the club at the minute and having small conversations with them um um, so I definitely I'm 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 doing the RFU course um, the start of January over here to get my badges over here. Um, so I think that's that's what I want to do um, when I do finish. Definitely um, and see see what happens. I I would like to um, I'd like to probably start over here somewhere and um, go to Oz and go to New Zealand for a stint, maybe even Japan. And um, kind of learn different the different cultures and the way that things are done differently in different areas, and then um, you know maybe one day end up back uh, back around home somewhere. Yeah, and what really like I mean, because you, you started coaching from so young back home. Like, what, did you know kind of early on that that was kind of maybe something you think? Geez, you know, I got a real buzz out of teaching a young fella that, or someone attending mm. there, or watching the lads, you know. You know, implementing something that I practice and training with him in a match on Saturday. Like, did you get a buzz out of that even when you were playing and you're kind of saying, he's like, yeah, doing that? That's that's exactly it. Um, you know, when when I was coaching Tolo and, um, you know, they've, they've a really good head coach down there at the minute, Morris Logue, but even talking to him and, um, you know, doing certain things with him, and next minute you see it and it's pulled off in the game. And, um, you know, it's you get a good kick out of that. I think it's a, that's a little bit of um, a bug that a coach has, you know, when, when, when something that you've actually practiced and um, you put into play and it comes off for you. And, and then you, and then the other side of it is problem solving. And, um, you know, when things aren't going to well. off like you do on a Thursday, if it's not working out with the line training. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't do anyone any harm, did it? <laughs> That's the last we were getting digged. Um, <laughs> oh, but like, how, will you, how do you think you'll deal with that, Shawnee? Sorry, I know we're, we're, we won't go too much longer, but it's just so interesting to hear you talking about it. And I've always thought you'd be a great coach. Um, but like, how, will you, how do you think you'll deal with that? Because I mean, there's as many ups and downs in coaching as there is in playing, maybe even more. 
yeah, I, I think I think you have to, I think you have to really know what you're about as a coach and what style you want to play and 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 really have that confidence that it'll work once once your coaching ability is good and your messages are clear. Um, you know, you've you kind of I suppose we've been lucky enough, Lucky, as well, to have a lot of good coaches over the years. So you take little bits from them mm. and you try to marry them up as best as possible. And you remember a lot of the, the good stuff and you remember some of the bad stuff too. Um, and, you, and, you, and you create your kind of own philosophy of, of what you want to do with a team and, and how you want to coach them. And, um, you know, that's, that's going to evolve for me over the next few years, hopefully. And uh, as I said, if I get to a few of the different cultures around the world and a few different teams and see what they're doing and and then when you want to become an actual fully fledged coach um you know you, ha- you, you have the you have uh, what you want to do and where you want to be and and the direction you're going in so you know that's that that takes a bit of time too you look at all coaches in 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 rugby at the minute They've, most of them are experienced there is some really good young coaches out there but it takes time as well so um i'll try and uh upskill myself as best I can for, for uh, in a couple of years' time. Yeah, one thing I'd be interested to get your, your opinion on, Sean, is I suppose you obviously come from a club rugby background versus a lot of players coming in from a school's background. I know it's something you're quite passionate about is the club game and the pathway you kind of maybe provided now for, for other people to come after you. Like, how did you find that at the start of your career? Like, Did you feel like you had to you know, work harder or play better to, to make that breakthrough because you were coming from the, the Leinster youth background versus maybe the school's background? Uh, he was lucky he never had to play the school, so he'd have beaten the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to play against the boys. <laughs> oh, you boys in the rock, huh? You haven't won a senior... How long has it been since you won a senior cup now? <laughs> <laughs> so it was nearly back in your day, was it? He wouldn't have lasted, he wouldn't have lasted a week in Williamstown. We'd have beat the crap out of you. <laughs> no, it's, it's, sorry, it's definitely... Wheels question. Sorry, sorry. It's, it's definitely... Um, it's definitely... Nowadays, it's it's not as... Uh, it's not... Um, I suppose it's not... It's looked upon a lot better. And Leinster are, are out throughout the whole province. Uh, players are... are Notice at an awful young age, there's more camps going on. There's uh, better coaching, but I still think I still think the gap between like clubs and and schools is phenomenal. I think the schools, coaches, the setups, the infrastructure, uh, their knowledge, everything like that is far superior still. Because at the end of the day, you have a, a youth player, and I see we've had we had six um, six guys involved in the Leinster youth last year from Tullow Rugby Club. But they're still only being coached on a Tuesday, Thursday, play at the weekend. Where a school's guy at the same age is can be coached every single day. And um, you know, you, you watch some of those games back and you just see the the, the differences. Now you have you have some superior guys at the youth level who are at that level just because they're talented and they work hard and they do extra gym and they do all these type of things. But the difference is there to see, um, you know, skill level, etc. So the, I think I think what's needed um, is the actual coaches to be coached, um, you know, at, at in in the youth capacity more so, because the the schools coaches and the, and the setups they have are phenomenal at the minute. And people when they come out of school, you look at Michaels and and uh, Rock and these lads. Um, you know they're they're athletes now to come out of school, and the youth lads are taking a, probably a year or two development to to get them into that area still. Mm. 
Right, look, I think that we've, we've taken enough of your time, Shawnee. I know you were uh, with a, one of our competitors already this evening. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, no, look, thanks a million for, for spending the time with us. As always, love catching up, but also talking rugby with you. You're uh, way more knowledgeable than you look, Willie. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, look, thanks a million and best of luck for the rest of the season. Uh, you might pass on our hello to, uh, to Decky and to Kissy if you get a chance as well. All right. No bother. Cheers, boys. Thanks, Sean. Cheers. And that's all we have time for on the left wing this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another podcast. And in the meantime, you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on independent.ie. So until next week, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>